Welcome to the Real Estate Masters Podcast, a podcast with top real estate agents sharing insights of how they've grown their business. Every guest is unique and serves different markets, so you will find value in each and every episode. And now our host, executive coach, April Mack. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be part of your day today and that you would take time and listen to our podcast. I love these interviews, getting to meet some amazing people all across the country and also in Canada. And I hope that you are also finding value in listening to the podcast. If you would do me a favor, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe if you would give us a review, of course, a good review, and also share with someone else. Tag us. Uh, if you're an Instagram person, I'm Coach April Mack. Please put a comment in there that you're listening to the podcast, what you think about it, so other people know about it as well. Share on Facebook, whatever social media, LinkedIn that you are connected to, and let people know about it, um, especially those agents and realtors that you have a good relationship with. I also want to just tell you a little bit. I am coachaprilmack.com. You can find more information about me there. I do have an exclusive clientele of agents that I coach and executives and would love for you, if you are interested, to reach out to me. When I say I have an exclusive clientele, that just means that I really work with people that find value in coaching and that I believe that my coaching would bring value to their life. And I do not take on every client. I want to work with people that I believe in and also that I enjoy spending time with. So um, if you are just curious, please reach out. I love coaching teams. I love doing team workshops. If you are a real estate team and you do not have a great coach, please reach out to me and let's just do a strategy session and see what that would look like for your team. Working as a healthy team will increase your productivity in amazing ways. So what would it look like if you had more time to do those fun things, to relax and to spend time with people that you love um, and not feel like you are just burning the uh, burning at both ends? You know, it's just so easy to get caught up. And we love what we do, but we can't let it consume us because um, there's so much life to live and it should not all be about work, even though I very much believe that work is part of us and and that we find so much fulfillment when we work in our passion and in the things that we're designed to do. But that's all part of coaching. And I won't get into all that because this podcast is not about coaching. It's about real search real estate agents being all that they can be and having a very um, productive, valuable career that they enjoy and that they feel very successful in. So I want to just promote, before I get into this episode, I want you to know what's coming up on the next episode. I interview a seasoned agent, Rob Levy, out of Portland, Oregon. And you're going to find so much value in that interview. Rob, um, he works two markets in two different cities. He flies back and forth from one to the other, and he's going to share with us about how that even came about and how he balances that, which I find very interesting. But one of the things that I love and know that you're 
going to want to hear about is he really talks about preparing for your future financially. And he just kind of shares some things that he's done that he's found value in. And I hope that as you're making so much money during this time of such a booming real estate market all over the country, that you're really being smart about how you're handling money and preparing for your future. So that's in the next episode. You're going to hear all about Rob, and he's going to share some of those things with you. Just an amazing man. Today, though, I'm interviewing Christina Swires out of St. Louis, Missouri. She is with EXP Realty. She is the top 3% in the U.S. of EXP Realtors. And what drew me to want to interview her is that she is the number one social media agent in St. Louis. But that's not kind of how the conversation goes. Let me also say that she's a wife and she is also a mom and she is balancing this amazing real estate career that is booming. But what happened in this conversation is it these interviews are very organic. They are not scripted and orchestrated, have no idea where they're going to go. And Christina really educated me on EXP Realty. I want to say that I do not promote a particular real estate company. And in truth, my belief is that really any company is as great as the people that work in that company. So you could be with any real estate agency in any market. And if the right people are there, then you are at the right place. But I knew nothing about cloud-based real estate companies. And so this conversation, Christina tells and shares how she ended up at EXP and what it's meant for her. So again, my disclaimer, I'm not promoting EXP Realty, but maybe you're curious and don't know a lot about it either. And let me just say, it's not it's not really big in my area where I live. So it's not something that I'm just, um, that I knew much about. And so this, in, this interview goes down that path. I think you'll find value. Christina shares a lot about how she has built her real estate business and how um, how she's balancing some of that. So I hope you'll enjoy this interview. Give us some good feedback. Subscribe. Let me know what you think. Here is Christina Swires out of St. Louis, Missouri. Hi, Christina. Thank you so much for being with me today. Um, tell us about Christina. Hi. Thank you so much, April. I really appreciate you having me on your podcast. So I am Christina Swires. I am a real estate agent and owner of Christina Swires Living in St. Louis, Missouri. Born and bred here in the Midwest at heart with everything from the show me state. And it couldn't be more true (laughs) in our uh, market. We're very different than the rest of the country on the East and West Coast and in the South than the Midwest. You really do have to show people here. And I I love real estate and I've been a licensed realtor for the past five years full time. I am a wife to my husband, Jeremy. We've been together almost 13 years. I have three children ages 18, six, and three. And um, I have beautiful chaos going on at any given day (laughs) in my life. Yes. We were talking before we started recording about just the lovely chaos and um, it is beautiful chaos when it's people you love. So I love that. And, and only five years in the business and, and you 
got a pretty good success story. Tell us about that. Yeah. So it's a really interesting how I actually got into real estate. I'm definitely a college reject, I guess you could say. Um, (laughs) I love that. I'm almost 40, always almost 40, but really I, I am almost 40. And I feel like it took me a really long time to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. I actually have a background in healthcare. I worked in hospitals and ORs and ERs for years as a radiology technician in my early 20s. And I got super burnt out from that career. And I migrated into recruiting, actually healthcare recruiting. And I ended up loving that. And I did really well in that career. And then when my husband and I decided to have our second child, we went ahead and made the decision that I was going to stay home and not go back to my demanding career. And I, I realized very quickly, I wasn't made to just stay home. And I really, really missed working so much. And I did not want to go back into my demanding recruiting job for corporate America and not have flexibility. So when he turned one, my son, I got my real estate license and I haven't looked back. So Mm. it was really born and bred out of wanting flexibility in my life as a mom Mm -hmm. and still wanting to work in a career and a choice where I didn't have any ceiling on my income or any limitations, um, similar to recruiting. Corporate recruiting was very similar in that way. You really got out of out of it what you put into it. And real estate is no different. So I, I feel like all my success that I've had over my short five-year period leading up to this point, people ask me all the time, do you regret not just getting into it sooner than, you know, you know, being 32, 33? And I said, No, I use all of those skills in my prior career choices every day in my job now. There's definitely a place for those into real estate, as interesting as it may be. So the timing was perfect for me. And um, I'm I'm still enjoying it. I love my job. I can truly get up every day and say, I love what I do. Wow. And that's so important. You just decided you would get into the undemanding career of real estate, right? (laughs) I say that jokingly, of course, but I completely understand that flexibility and you being in control of your schedule. And so I think that's amazing. And and so what has this five-year career looked like? Yeah. So, well, in the beginning, I almost got out of the business as soon as I got in the business because I wasn't very Mm. good at this job. I tell people I interviewed one broker. It was a local franchise, a large franchise in my town. And I, I just went with that broker. I didn't really do my due diligence. I didn't have a mentor to help guide me. I was doing almost all of the research and deciding on my own. And it was completely foreign territory. And when I got in there, I mean, I learned how to write my contract and I learned how to do basic things like work phone duty and go on, you know, buyer tours and do, you know, agent only open houses, like uh, open houses, you know, but I, but I, I really didn't learn those different, the skills that I didn't know that I needed to know. And you don't know Mm. what you don't know. (laughs) So my first year, I only sold three houses. And I tell people that it's kind of unbelievable. They really didn't. They don't really believe me now, but (laughs) it was a rough first year. It was not easy. I want you to continue on with that. But first, let me just ask you, what would you, knowing now what you know, what would you do differently in that first year? I would definitely have done more due diligence and interviewing multiple brokers 
multiple types of companies because there are so many different dynamics in this industry, you know, between franchises, independent boutiques, and now cloud-based companies. I would have done much more due diligence on the interview process before making a decision, first and foremost. And then secondly, I would have made sure that I could find a mentor, not so much a coach, because a coach is somebody I feel like you need I think down the road, I think once you have your your footings, coaching is great, but coaching and mentorship are very different. And, and I wish I had had a mentor to at least help guide me in the right direction in the beginning. Mm, Yeah, for sure. I love that. And of course, if you've listened to any of the podcasts, you know, I am an executive coach, but I did not ask Christina to say that about coaching. So (laughs) I'm just going to throw that out there. But so the first year, only sold three houses, mm-hmm. can only imagine that you must have been extremely discouraged. And so then what happened from there? So by the eighth or ninth month, you know, towards the end of that year, I actually told my husband, maybe I'm not cut out for this. And I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I actually started looking online at different jobs that I could possibly do in real estate. But to stay in the industry, maybe to learn more, like maybe doing something to work on a team, or I looked at um, being a transaction coordinator, or just the ways to get my foot in the door more to move that needle, because I really wasn't getting the support I needed in my franchise brokerage. I it was um, let's just say it was a very different environment than where I am currently, and and I hate to say this, but there are a lot of offices out there that have this you're going to take from me mindset. And so they don't share their secrets. They don't share their tools and tips and tricks because there are a lot of egos in real estate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, shocker. Say it's not so. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, and, and so I just felt like I did. I wasn't getting the support. Maybe it was just that office, but I wasn't getting the support that I needed to grow as an agent and as a person. And so I started, mm-hmm. I needed to look elsewhere. So I started doing some homework and looking for other jobs. And I came across this job posting at this local independent brokerage in my town that also flipped houses. They flip about a hundred houses a year and they work with investors. And so my husband and I actually, we bought our first house around the same time. I got licensed, ironically, and we rehabbed our house. We did something called a 203k mortgage where we you know, bought the house and took out a loan to do the renovation. So we went through that whole process and completely gutted our house. It's still an ongoing project mm, five years yes. later, but we learned a lot and we've gained a lot of equity in our home. And I feel like I'm able to give that knowledge back to my clients because I've been there. So I really was looking, when I was looking at this, this job posting, I thought, well, this might be a good space for me because they are actively working with investors and clients that are looking to flip properties or rehab properties. And I wanted to learn more about that because I was thinking about becoming a real estate investor myself with my husband. So Mm -hmm. the job posting though, wasn't just for a real estate agent. It was to become an ISA manager, which is an inside sales agent manager to manage the leads in their brokerage. And I thought to myself, well, I looked at all the job qualifications and I was overly qualified because in my prior career as a recruiter, I cold called to death and I went off of scripts and I wrote scripts and I listened to calls with my manager for years to get really good and eloquent over the phone and match people and tonality and all that goes into talking to people over the phone and then converting those leads into clients. So I, I, I had years and years of that training in my prior career and I was overqualified for that job thinking about it. And I, I thought to myself, I'm going to apply for this job, but I'm going to propose 
something different to the owner when I get the interview. And that's exactly what I did. They called me in right away. I interviewed with them. And my proposal was, I will be your inside sales manager. I will manage all the leads for your brokerage. So they had two companies. They had the brokerage side of their their company, and then they had their sister company, which was for their properties for flipping and their rehabs. And I would manage the leads for both their real estate agents and um, on their property side for their real estate property buyers that would actually go find properties and then do the buying or wholesaling, mm. hoteling, like they used to call. So I would manage the leads for their brokerage. And then I would also sell real estate on the side myself. They would help me, you know, with my license, my dues, and I would be able to continue to be an active real estate agent on the side while learning and then helping them grow this part of their business. And they took the bite and um, I, I took that job and it was great. I loved working there. It was a, definitely like a more family feel. Mm. It wasn't a corporate environment. I learned a ton. And in the, in the interim, when I, when I started with them, I ended up getting pregnant with my third son at the same, little, almost at the same time simultaneously. And then I ended up having him taking some downtime after I had them. But then my real estate business really started picking up because here I am, you know, in my second year of real estate, you know, second, two and a half years in and my business started picking up and I was doing great in the inside sales management position. I was also managing two other inside sales agents. I was helping them, you know, with their leads and the generation and where they were coming from and um, just all the nitty gritty into systems and different CRMs and what works and what doesn't work in regards to lead generation. So that Mm -hmm. helped me grow a ton you know, as an agent, just talk, sure. talking, I wrote all their scripts, you know, how to, how to talk to, you know, leads to, to sell their house, how to, how to, you know, I mean, the, the company that I worked for at the time had really great relationships with like probate attorneys and divorce attorneys, and, and they would get these lists and we would be able to call off these lists and convert leads at a very, very high rate. So I learned a lot about real estate on that side that I, I know a lot of agents don't know about you know, how to lead generate. There's always a way to make money in this industry. You just have to get creative. You have, yeah. You know, but scripts, there are always a place I feel like for good script writing and talking to leads over the phone. I feel like it's, it's almost like your college. It's part of like a class you would take to become right. a real estate agent. You know what I mean? Like you, it's, it, it's not something I have to do now, but in the beginning, I'm glad I did it as much as I did. Because now right. I don't need to go off a script. It's all in my head. I'm memorized how to do it now. Yes. I so completely agree with you. And, you know, I, I say it over and over again, but you never know when someone's a new listener and hasn't heard me say some of these things. But when I started in real estate, and that's why I started this podcast, but when I started in real estate, I listened to interviews of agents and those scripts became my script. You know, I, I listened to different people and how they talked to a seller, how they talked to a buyer. And I heard how they communicated and what they communicated. And that was embedded in my head from listening over and over again. And so I would think I could say that I could say that to a buyer, I could say that to a seller. And therefore that was how I grew as an agent myself. So I love hearing from different agents on the podcast as I interview them and how different ones communicate. And it's so very true. And prospecting is so important. So how long did you stay with 
with that company? So I stayed with that company almost two years. So at the end, like I said, I started my business started picking up after a year that I was there. And I, well, I would say it was actually under two years that I stayed with that company. It was about a year and three, eight months, I believe. I'd have to go back and look, but it was just under two years that I was with them. In the time in the spring after after I had my son, I had my son in the fall. And when I went back and my business started picking up and I was really juggling both the inside sales management position and selling real estate myself and having, you know, three children and one of them being an infant, um, trying to, you know, to have that, find that balance in my life that I was desperate for. I went into the office every day, but it was only because I had to as the inside sales manager, but I could really fully do my job from home. Like I really didn't have to go into an office. And in fact, the office that I worked at, we only had one big conference room and you had to schedule it in advance if you wanted to meet a client there or something. So a lot of my clients, I just ended up meeting at the local coffee shop. Or if I went on a listing appointment, I was at their home. So I never really used the office in regards to my real estate portion of my business. For the other portion I did, but again, I could have done that from home. And there was a gentleman in the office that was an agent that because they were always in and out of the office, the real estate agents were all day. So I got to know a lot of them. Um, and one of them was an older um, gentleman and he'd been an agent for like 20 years. And he brought me the company I'm with now. He brought me the idea of EXP Realty. And in the beginning, I blew him off for months on end. He wanted to sit down and talk with me about about this company, about this new concept, but I really didn't want to give him a time of day. I I was very happy where I was. I didn't want to rock the boat. I didn't want to look at something else in fear. This sounds so terrible. I didn't want to look at something else in fear that I might love it so much. I would want to, it would make me want to leave or regret my decision where I was. I'm, and I wouldn't say that it's shiny object syndrome because we get a lot of that in real estate, right? Mm. I would say it was more, I just had an inclination that I, I knew that I needed to, to meet with this guy and talk with him, but I was really putting it off. (laughs) And I remember my husband and I and our kids went down to the Lake of the Ozarks. We spend a lot of time there in the summer at the lake with our kids. And I was laying out on the dock and I, over the Memorial Day weekend, and I looked over to the left and I saw a gentleman that sold real estate at the lake with the dock was, uh, the house was for sale and it said EXP Realty on it. And I said, that's a sign. The next weekend Mm. I came back and I called him and I, my husband and I met with him because I wasn't going to make that decision by myself. I feel like my husband, um, he has a, a, a strong, long history in corporate IT. And so he is very analytical. We're very polar opposites. So we look at things <laughs> differently. And if I was going to entertain leaving my current brokerage and going to another one, I really wanted him to be involved in that um, decision making. So, you know, on the surface, he looked at it. He said, yes, we need to look into this more. And so we went to dinner with the, the agent in my office and he sat down with me and he did the math. I call it, it's just simple math. People say now, but he did the math with me on where I was at and where I would have been. And it was suffocating. Oh. <laughs> I, yeah, it was one of those things that, and there's a running joke in my company where it, they say, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And yeah, that's exactly how I felt. I went home that night with a pit in my stomach and I couldn't sleep. And the next day I, I knew what I had to do. And it was not an easy decision for me to make, to leave the brokerage I was at. I literally tell people I left kicking and screaming. Yeah. 
But, but you knew you'd made them a lot of money that yeah. could have gone into your own pocket. And, you know, and not to sound greedy, but it's just, it would have blessed your family rather than someone else for all of your hard work. And so that's very understandable. Yeah. My, my husband and I had a, a conversation about it and, and my broker to this day, and uh, we're still, you know, it's water under the bridge now, but it was, it was a little tense for a while there after I, you know, told them I was what I was going to do. And they were hurt. You know, I mean, it's hard. And this people, you try not to take things personal in this business, but you really need to, to do your exiting. If that comes to a point with grace and Mm. you never want to burn a bridge in this industry, you're never, ever going to want to do that because you, first of all, what if things don't work out and you want to go back? Secondly, you know, you're going to end up working with those brokers or those agents again down the road on another deal. And so you just never, I tell agents all the time, don't, don't ever burn a bridge. Even if you're leaving, you know, we leave with grace, but it wasn't an easy decision for me to make. But my husband did say, he said, I know that you love your broker and he's a great guy and he's done a lot of great things for our family, but who is your loyalty to? Is it to the broker or is it to our family? Because that's a lot of money to be leaving on the table, Christina, just for your love of someone else. And I, and, and he was right. He was completely right. And, and, I, and it was, it's not so much about what the money is because money is not evil. It's what the money, what you can do with it. Absolutely. Uh-huh. So I, I feel like a lot of people make dis- rash decisions out of desperation. That's not what this was about. It was about something bigger pulling me. It was about an opportunity that I just had to be a part of. And there was, there was stuff, definitely something else pushing me to that. It wasn't just the money. It was all encompassing. It was, it was the whole thing. Did you feel like your life was going to look very differently though? I mean, or your, your career and the actual work you were doing by working for this other firm and then now opening your own company, was it going to look similar or was there going to be a lot of changes? There was going to be a lot of change, like a 60 mm. change. And so I think that that was the hardest thing for me to overcome. It was going to be a huge change and it was going to be a huge risk. And, Mm. uh, you know, we as humans stay away from that. We want to be in our comfort zone. We want to be in our comfort level. We don't want to go outside that because it's scary and unknown. And what if we make a mistake or what if we fail or what if we were wrong? You know, you you just, you don't want people to, what are people going to say? Are they going to laugh at me? Are they going to say that's silly and stupid? Why did you do that? Like, you know, you just, and you don't, and then you think about the relationships that you have with other brokers and the other agents and the other property buyers and just all the respect that you have from them. And you don't want to lose those things. Mm-hmm. So it was not an easy choice for me to make, but it was a necessary one. But your business was doing so well at that time that you felt confident that going and opening your own company would be beneficial for you. At that point, what kind of, how many transactions were you doing or what kind of volume were you doing? I I wasn't doing as much as I thought. I believe when I ended up leaving that year, I might've sold 20 or 25 houses, but you also have to understand I was a full-time inside sales agent too. So I had almost a full-time job, two jobs. I was basically working two jobs and having three kids and trying to manage my household. So for me, I was okay with that. And I was on a decent split splitting cap at my company better than where I was at my franchise brokerage prior. And so I was happy with that. Like, you know, I, I or so I thought that was, you know, good. that was good. So that, I mean, for me being a solo agent new in the business, you know, doing 20, 25 transactions in a year is decent. It's much more higher than the average agent does. 
you know, considerably speaking. So I, I was happy with that. I just, I wanted more of the balance in my life. And right. I was definitely getting burnt out doing more mm. roles and I had to choose either, you know what I mean? So when I ended up making the decision before I even told the brokerage that I was thinking about moving to EXB, moving my license over, I said, listen, this isn't working. My business is growing on the real estate side. How about we hire someone else to do the inside sales manager position? I will train them and then I'll just stay on the company as an agent. I even brought that, proposed that to them, which is what I was going to do. And then I thought about it and I said, well, that's silly. Why would I just stay on? It's not, things aren't going to change financially. You know, again, once I had saw that, when I saw the math, I couldn't Mm -hmm. see that. And so for weeks and weeks and weeks, it was really taunting me. And so I literally, that summer, I trained someone, hired somebody, they trained them. And then I stayed on with the brokerage until the rest of my deals had closed out that September. And I, I moved my license over to eXp Realty in uh, September of 2017. And it was scary because uh, <laughs> here I went from having a physical brick and mortar office to having none of that any longer. All the connection was in a cloud office with an avatar and it looks like a video game. And I was the 11th St. Louis agent for eXp. No one had even heard of the brokerage at the time in my city. And so it was a very difficult to get people to understand who are you with and what is a cloud office and how does that work? Mm. And so I would tell, tell us a little bit, just in case we have listeners that aren't familiar, a little bit about how that does work. So eXp Realty is a cloud based brokerage, meaning I, just like you would go into a physical brick and mortar, I have a cloud office. So we have no brick and mortar locations. We are completely virtual. So it's live like you and I are talking, but we are inside a cloud office and our avatars are talking. So we can be in a meeting, we can be in a training or an auditorium with a thousand other agents in there too. It's all real time. All our departments are in there. You have IT, you have accounting, you have transaction management, you have onboarding. And I can go in there and talk to any of our team members. Um, We have hundreds and hundreds of staff, but they all work remotely from home. And so it's a very interesting concept. So we are actually in all 50 states. We have a brokerage in all 50 states. I believe seven provinces in Canada. Last year, we also were in, um, we, we were able to break into the UK and Australia. And we're going to be adding about three to four countries a year, every year. They're, they're telling us our, their, our expansion is definitely global. So mm. we have, yeah, it's a very interesting. And again, I feel like it's revolutionized. It's one of the revolutionary brokerages of, I believe, the future of real estate. So it was very appealing, especially for my husband, who is an IT guy. Um, <laughs> he saw the technology and he was like, this is awesome. He said, it just makes yeah. so much sense because you are not wasting resources. You don't have to have an office. And and again, go, that's going back to my prior brokerage where I didn't really use the office like, mm-hmm. like I thought I would. The office isn't making me successful. The office isn't making me money. That's me every day getting up and, and motivating myself to, to work. You know, because right. self-employed or entrepreneurs, so we have to self-motivate. It's interesting, and it, and it really is a concept that was ahead of the time. I mean, we're seeing that now. You look at banks where they thought they had to have a, a brick and mortar building 
you know, in so many locations and being so convenient. And now everyone does everything online for the most part. And so you're seeing banks now fewer and fewer of them in location. And so, and it's a, sounds like a good pandemic friendly model (laughs) that uh, we've all experienced. So very interesting. And to be honest, I wasn't really familiar with how EXP Realty functions. So thank you for the little crash course there, but, but I get it. I see it. I, not that this interview is about me, but I was one of the, I owned a Remax uh, franchise uh, many years ago, and it was a very brand new concept, was new to my area. And I loved kind of how at that time they were really changing the model and the way that real estate companies functioned. And and so I understand, and I, I think it's neat to just be novel and creative and staying ahead of the game and working with our culture. But So now you are Christina Swires Living and you have your own company. So are you solo? You have other agents with you? What does that look like now? No. So coming onto the brokerage, um, I actually ended up coming onto the brokerage in um, the fall of 2017 with a partner. And that dissipated after about six months. I thought that I wanted a partner with somebody and I just felt like you know, I really never wanted to join a team. I really just wanted to do things solo. I didn't want to manage people. I didn't want to be responsible for people. And so by the spring of 2018, that dissipated and I, I just went on my own and was staying with EXP. And I've just been solo ever since. But I've been able to create something I like to call a faux or fake team within the corporation because the model is so unique and because of the way that they have it structured. I'm actually a certified expand mentor within the company. So I went through a training through EXP to become a certified mentor and I mentor new agents. And the way that this works is it's interesting in in our company, every single person is on the same split and cap. And just going back a little bit, just so you can understand the growth of this company and how Things changed very rapidly since then. Again, I've only been with the company, it will be three years this October. So so not that long, but in the short almost three years, when I started with the company, we only had 4,700 agents in the company. And again, I was the 11th one in St. Louis. Now today we have almost 32,000. Wow. So if you look at the growth of that over, you know, two, a little over two and a half years, that's massive. Yes. I think they said it's like a 370% growth in this time period, which is insane, especially during a pandemic. We're continuing to grow. I think agents are getting smarter. They're understanding that the office isn't necessary to be successful and that there are a lot of expenses that agents, again, they have shiny object syndrome inherently Mm -hmm. will say they buy stuff or need and they don't ever use. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I feel like I'm able to cut costs back and be really effective with that in my business. But I have this team that I'm able to sponsor into the company and the company offers something called revenue sharing. And what that is, is every single agent in the company is on an 80-20 split with a $16,000 cap. When you are paying that 20%, 50% of the company dollar goes to the company and the other 10% sits in a pool. And then it gets given back to the agents in the form of revenue share when they sponsor or bring an agent into the company. So if I sponsor a brand new agent and decide to be their mentor, they would come under me in the company and I would make a portion of their sales a percentage until they cap up to twenty wow. up to $2,800 a year on every capping agent I can. So I'm personally incentivized to help them, not so much financially, 
but also to help them not only grow their business, but grow their sponsorships with others as well and to teach them. So I'm able to teach them real estate and oversee their transactions as their mentor and guide them. But I'm also able to help them formulate multiple streams of income within the company because we have something called revenue share and we don't have the overhead other brokerages have. Instead of that money going back to the corporation or the brokerage, it comes back to the agent. It's an agent-centric model. So I feel like I'm able to, and I know I have done this, I've, I've been able to help a lot of real estate agents not only grow their businesses, but grow profitability with other streams of income and really change their life because it's changed my life dramat- mm. dramatically. So when I, I really say that full circle, it's come 360, it hasn't just been on the real estate side. It's been full circle in every aspect of my life, opportunities I've been afforded since coming on and the people I've been able to collaborate with and learn from. Mm. It's really been incredible to say the least. That's amazing. Yeah. So what did 2019 like for you in volume and in real estate? And I know you've got some good ranking, Mm -hmm. but tell me a little bit about that. Um, In 2019, I did just, uh, just around 7 million in volume. And you have to understand in the Midwest here, our average sale price is like 2, 220. Mine is about 260. So I did just under 7 million by myself as a solo agent. That's awesome. Yeah. And I've recruited to this day, I've recruited 25 agents into the company. So I have a good passive stream of income. Last year, it was about the, the profitability of a part-time job. This year, it's the profitability. It will be of a full-time salary. So wow. yeah, passively. So another really cool thing that the company has afforded us is we get awarded shares of stock. We are um, Last year, they became publicly traded on the NASDAQ. And so every time an agent um, sells their first house or hits their cap, or they sponsor an agent into the company and they sell their first house or hit their cap, you get awarded shares of stock. And so that has to sit in a pool and it vests for three years. And then you can sell it or do whatever you want with it once it, once it vests. And when I started with the company, we started at about $3.50 a share. And um, this year we've gotten up to almost $22 a share. So you can imagine I've been awarded about a thousand shares of stock sitting there that will vest on October 1st. And it's worth probably fifteen or $16,000 now just sitting there. And I didn't do anything besides sell real estate to get that money. So wow. um, it's like a little 401k. Wow. Yeah. The incredible model. I mean, I, I'm amazed. I really, I had no idea. So this is incredible. And, and I know so many of our listeners are going to be, there's going to be some companies like, don't listen to this particular episode of this podcast. But um, that's amazing. I I love it. And I, I, mean, and I only say that because it really has changed. It's not only changed my real estate business, let's say, because I literally have, I'll double. I Finishing my taxes from 2018 to 2019, I doubled my salary from 18 wow. to 19, literally doubled my salary. I sold more houses, not many more, maybe five or 10 more houses, but it was because of the revenue share expanding and mm-hmm. other streams of income that I was able to bring into my business. And I, I thought about it last year. And I know where my threshold is. I know uh, there's a guy in my company that created this program called 36 to Life. And he talks about, you know, 36 transactions, which is for a month and a year would create, you know, happiness for, for a real estate agent. Everybody's number is different. But for me, not winning a team and for me to want to do the things I want to do in my life and have time to be a mom and a wife, for me, it's, you know about four transactions a month, four to five transactions a month. So selling about 40 houses a year is where I'm comfortable with. I'm never that agent that really wants or needs to sell a hundred houses a year. Maybe down the road, 
as my business grows, because again, it's only five years young, Mm -hmm. that would be something I I could incorporate. But my fake team, I call them my faux team. I'm able to mentor. I'm able to give referrals. I'm able to delegate, you know, for them to learn and exchange for them to learn and the mentorship, you know, they will gladly be a showing assistant. They will gladly be a buyer's agent. They will gladly take on any opportunities that I give them that maybe I need if I'm going out of town. So we Mm -hmm. function fully as a team but I'm not really personally responsible for any of their sales. Yeah. Listen, and I just have to say, you will love listening and and your husband being a numbers person. The interview that's I've done, and it hasn't, as you and I recording this, it hasn't been published yet, but it's the episode previous to this one. I interviewed Andrea Bloom from Toronto, Canada, and she is a numbers person and just this incredible, she takes off months out of the year. She works solo and is a numbers person and she knows how many transactions she needs in a year how many months she has to work to be able to live the lifestyle that she wants to live. It's just an incredible, it was an incredible interview. So I encourage you once it's published, you need to listen to that and and our listeners need to to listen to that one as well, because it was a great interview, but you know, it's incredible how you're working. And and I I just want to say you have incredible numbers. You've had incredible success, but obviously you're a mother and I love women in business. When I was in real estate, I had young children was in the middle of, you know, I just can remember being at the hospital, having my baby and being on the phone (laughs) handling different stuff going on, you know, when you live that real estate life. But it's, um, I just want to say amazing that you are balancing being a mom and being a businesswoman and having a very successful career. And granted, I know it's so true what you said. You don't need to have 100 transactions in a year. Maybe someday kids will be older. That's what you'll strive for. But you've had amazing success. And the most successful, I believe, is raising those children and and loving on them and, and being a great wife. So that's incredible. What do you feel like other than I know this model of working has been incredible for you and it fits you. Are there any other things that you would say have really contributed to your success? Something that you've done or, um, oh. and I, I love the scripts, obviously saying, you know, how you communicate, but, but what would you say, you know, if there's some things that have contributed to your success? Yeah. Yeah. So, so true. So this year, my one goal was to hit something called icon in my company. Whereas you hit your cap at 16,000. If you do 20 transactions over your cap or $5,000 of paid GCI in, you get that whole $16,000 given back to you in the company stock. They give it back to you. And so that was my one goal this year. And I'm actually two transactions away from from hitting that goal right now. So that will look about 33 or 34 transactions for me this year. And again, that I am okay with that in my life. That really was my my one goal. And, and I will tell you, over the last two years of my life, I've never traveled more. I've never laughed more. I've never enjoyed work so much in my life and still had that balance of being a full-time realtor and being there for my kids and my husband and being able to travel and being able to do the things that I want to do because my success looks like what I want it to look like. And I feel like the one thing that really has been tried and true for me is I just keep my head down and I work and I don't worry about what other people are doing. I just want to make myself happy. And I'm, as long as I'm moving the needle forward and I'm staying healthy and happy, and this is working for me, I'm going to continue doing things this way because I know that I'm rewarding myself in multiple ways to be able to let off the gas if I need to, 
because of the model that I'm with. And it, it just is allowing me to have so many passive streams that I will eventually not have to sell real estate. I'll do it because I want to, but eventually I won't have to. And one of the reasons that I was, I've been able to be so successful in my career now is because of the mentorship and guidance from Brian Colhane, who actually was our past EXP president, started the company with our CEO, Glenn Sanford. I'm actually in his, I guess you would consider his downline in the company. And I met him in New Orleans at one of our company events, my very first one, two years ago. And he kind of took me under his wing. And he doesn't have to sell real estate. You know, he, he makes enough passive money to live off of through the company and through revenue sharing. But he's been an amazing mentor to me, a guide. I'm in a several masterminds with him and um, just somebody that has poured into me and helped edify me in this business and given me a lot of confidence to to go out and do the same things that he's done. And so I, he, I definitely look up to him. So that's helped a ton. But secondly, I would say I shifted my business. I know that we talked about cold calling and script writing and door knocking and all the other ways that we can generate business. I completely shifted my business into social media after the first year because I literally got my first client in real estate from Facebook. It was somebody I went to high school with. She saw my business page. I remember I was at the lake with my family over a 4th of July weekend and she sent a message to me. I'll never forget that through my Facebook mm. business page. And so I said, wow, this really works. Social media is amazing. And so I started really pouring into that so much. And it, I tell agents all the time that I mentor and I teach the social media game and how it works is that this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Mm. Same with real estate. It's no different. You know, building your your sphere and, you know, getting people to know, like, and trust you in this business takes time. Social media is no different, but once it happens, it's like a light bulb goes off. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have that social proof and people that edifies you. You don't need anything mm. else, reviews or people tagging you in groups or, you know, no matter where you are on that space. I mean, most of my time is spent usually on Facebook, on Instagram, some on LinkedIn and then Google. Mm -hmm. But where, where my success has come from is showing up every day, being consistent, using branding photography in my business is so important. It's, you know, Facebook and, and Instagram and posting and doing stories and doing live video have given their income producing activities because mm -hmm. it's pretty rare that I'll make a post or do something on social media and I won't get somebody in my inbox messaging me about buying or selling a house. Wow. Yeah. It's come full circle. I, I've never bought leads. I guess you could say I've never been like that Zillow agent. I've never had to. Mm -hmm. And it's all come from me just connecting with people socially on those platforms. It's it's helped a it's a huge portion of my business. And I, I could say the reason I love it so much is because it allows everybody to, you know, the barrier to entry is is low. You don't have to spend any money to start doing it. Right. Yes. Absolutely. And listen, I have a daughter that's made, she has a very successful business from social media and it, we've sat in amazement and over just the last few years, but I think it's incredible. What would Christina Swire's customers say about her? Oh, what would my customers say? They would say that I'm, I'm positive, uplifting, that I've got their back that they know that they can trust me, that I'm going to take care of them, that I'm not going to back down in, in certain situations. I can definitely be a bulldog in negotiations if I need to, but I'm a good multitasker and 
And I try to keep the peace, you know, to keep it together. I feel like we're just constantly juggling in deals, in and out of deals until they close, just trying to keep things together. So I feel like that's what they would say, that they can really trust me and that they know things are going to be okay. Do you work with more buyers or sellers? Most majority of my career, it was it started out as more buyers. But as it, it went into my second and third year, it was about 50-50. Last year, it started to switch. So I'm about 60-40 sellers than buyers. So I've definitely shifted more into listings. I really feel that list to last is a thing. In my market, you definitely make more um, with listings, but you're also able to leverage more because you're mm-hmm. not driving buyers around. So you're able to to do a lot of pre-marketing and things that you can do from your phone. I mean, even with this pandemic, my business hasn't slowed down a bit. Okay. Everything was already online for me. I wasn't going into an office and things okay. just switched. So I switched to virtual consultations. People just showed me their house from their phone so I could see what it looked like on the inside. I did okay. open houses virtually with a Facebook event and streamed from the house. So no one needed to come. I just, things just shifted for me in a way. Um, it was easy for me. So um, yeah. definitely, I feel like the listings, the listing side of, of things are, help you yeah. also to generate more leads, you know, off of. Right. I love it. But it's 2020. How's that going to end up for you? What's it going to look like? You've got six months left, five months left. I know. Wow. <laughs> uh, I'm going to end up with having my best year ever. Wow. The only negative I could say this year is I've had to cancel about six trips I had scheduled. So, um, you know, and just this year treating my business, you know, um, as my accountant would say, you know, because we started when I started Christina Suarez Living and turned that into an LLC. And she was like, well, for the tax benefits, you really need to be an S corp and pay yourself a salary and be a big girl now. And and (laughs) having a great accountant in this business is a huge key to your success and from tax purposes, because I found a lot of my friends that that are very wealthy in this industry, they don't have problems making money. They just have problems with taxes. (laughs) taxes. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Have the t-shirt. I've been there in years, many, many years ago, first very young and immature in some things and having to learn, but uh, agreed. So any, you know, last question, I guess I could, we could talk for a very long time. Yeah. I, I'm always amazed to love our, my interviews with my guests and I'm always amazed at how quickly the time goes by and so many things that we didn't really get to to talk about. But any particular books you're reading that you would recommend or podcasts that you listen to, where do you get your inspiration from? Yeah, I really love Jenna Kuchar's Gold Digger podcast. It's my favorite. Um, She's a digital marketer online. She's on, on Instagram. She's on Facebook too, but mostly Instagram. She's an empowering wife and mom and had built a business from scratch. And I love doing it through social media. And again, it just goes back to social media for me. Like it's such a big part of my business. I'm constantly learning. Like that's where most of my dollars go in when I'm spending. It's on learning from gurus in the industry. And I won the 2019 number one St. Louis uh, social media agent in St. Louis here through Property Simple last year. And so that's a goal of mine is to continue that just to, I guess, to use an algorithm to sh- show that. But I really love that social space. And I love um, that podcast, uh, the Gold Digger podcast, because she just really talks about how to explode your business using Instagram, using Facebook, using Pinterest, using all these different social networks. You can reach a mass amount of people. Right. You know, and so I love how she does it and, and what she does can transpire into any, any industry, including real estate. 
Correct. What, and what was her last name, Jenna? Jenna Kucher, K-U-T-C-H-E-R. And her podcast is called Goal, G-O-A-L, Digger. <laughs> Glad I got that clarification because I wrote down gold. Okay, Goal, G-O-A-L, Digger podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Anything else? Um, I love the book by Jen Sincero, You Are a Badass and You Are a Badass at Making Money. Those were two books that she wrote that I really enjoyed and just helped me get out of my own way and get mental blocks out of my mind about making money and my whole thought process around money and making more money and that it's not evil. Like we talked about before, like money is not a bad thing to want more. And um, she talks about in the books, like how we create these mental blocks for preventing ourselves from actually going to the next level or making more money. We really do it to ourselves, and it just really helped me kind of get past that and just have more faith. I feel like in myself that I can, mm-hmm. can, can do those things. And I, I think they're great books. What is something that you enjoy having extra money for? Is there something you reward yourself with, or is there something you're able to do with that money that makes it rewarding for you? I definitely would say it's more of the travel aspect. You know, when I, I didn't get to travel a whole lot as a kid, you know, I, I grew up in a, there, I have four brothers, so I have a large family and money was there, but it's, it wasn't really ever, there wasn't ever a lot of it. So we didn't really take a lot of family trips as a kid. So for me now, now I have my own family that is huge for my husband and I, that we travel a lot together, him and I by ourselves and then separately. And then we do trips with our kids. It's so important in our family and in our life. It really is about creating those experiences with our kids. Mm. You know, that's, that's, I would say the number one thing. Secondly, I mean, I'm just, you know, a a simple girl. I like to get my hair and nails done. Um, (laughs) I don't really just blow money on expensive purses. I will tell you, even my accountant is yelling at me to buy a new car and I can't stomach the expensive price tag for an SUV, but I have to do it this year. Gotcha. Yes. I don't know what happened. When did cars just become like <sighs> buying my first home? I, I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, you could easily spend fifty, sixty, seventy-five thousand dollars on an SUV, and I still have my two little ones are still in car seats, so I have to have something with a third row, and I drive yeah. a million miles a year. So yeah. I really, I really love my sedan that I have. My little Ford. It gets great gas mileage. I've never been that person to live outside my means. I know that that's kind of like a running joke in our industry. People think that they care about what you drive, but really they don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah. think so. But I'm going to have to do that. Get the big car this year because the account. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. I hear you. Well, as always, Christina, I could talk with you for ages, but our time is really up, yeah. and I appreciate so much of all the things you've shared. It's incredible to me that every interview I have, there's just new nuggets in everyone. And so this has been a great interview and love just some of the insight that you've shared about EXP Realty. I am amazed and impressed. And so continue to be blessed in that St. Louis market. And thanks for being willing to be a guest with us and share all your insight. Yeah, of course. No, thank you so much for having me. And, and if any of your listeners or anyone want to follow me, you can come follow me on Facebook. I'm Christina Swires or on Instagram. I'm at the real Christina Swires. Sounds great. And I know that you are going to pick up a lot more followers uh, just from people listening to you and wanting to see how you're doing all that social media promotion. So 
Thanks, Christina. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much. Wow. Didn't you enjoy hearing from Christina? Thank her for being a guest with me and for all of our um, agents that are willing to give of their time and share about their experience. And I hope that you are continuing to find value in our podcast. Let me remind you, subscribe, leave us a good review and share with your friends. If you want more information about me, coachaprilmack.com. And I will look forward to having you uh, join me on our very next episode with Rob Levy. Here's just a little clip of that episode that'll be coming up. So theoretically speaking, if you make $100,000 a year, but you're losing $10,000 on a particular rental property because you have it on an aggressive mortgage, like a 15-year mortgage. So you're doing that by design to get it paid off early. That $10,000 loss comes off your income. So now you're only paying tax on $90,000 a year. Well, I know that you are not going to want to miss it. So subscribe so that you don't miss that episode. I um, just want to remind you, in this world of craziness, in the midst of all the chaos, Take some time to be still, to just pause and to breathe. Take some deep breaths and just remember all of the things that are important in life. And most all of those do not are not bought with money, but um, truly, I believe, are gifts from God. So enjoy the rest of whatever is left in this day for yourself and uh, join us on our next episode. I'm Coach April Mack.